We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights, and alongside me we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's like with a what? Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, we aren't actually covering a film this time, as we do for pretty much every month of the first of the Fridays, and you guys get the whole gist. But we have our friend, Josh Rubin, director of Scare Me, actor of many, many, many things. He's been all over the continent, if you will. Josh Rubin, welcome to the show, my friend. Good to have you. It's actually Josh Rubin night. So, hey, what's up, guys? I'm Josh Rubin night, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, man. It's, it's honestly, this has been a long time coming. I know you you did our other show, um, Good Night Movie Club. Thank you for that. That was a blast. Yeah, so to. fun. Yes, it's 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 good to have you on here, and and now we're we're definitely going to dive into something that obviously we all are very much interested in, which is horror. Now, that's actually going to be one of our first questions. Actually, what sparked your interest into horror? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think it was a combination of my older brother and sister, Rachel and Benjamin, who are nine years older than me. Um, I guess technically my half brother and sister, but I call them brother and sister. Let's let's not yeah, let's not split not? hairs. Let's not split hairs. Um, they are half <laughs> Japanese, and whenever I introduce them, they're always like, "Oh, I can see it." I'm like, "I'm not," but they anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, my older siblings, you know, they would watch horror movies when I was a kid, and so <clears throat> when I was far too young to uh, where to you know where it was appropriate, I would you know I, I was watching early Stephen King. I was watching I think one of the earliest horror movies I probably saw if it wasn't a Freddy or Jason anything. It was Stephen King's Cat's Eye, like the anthology. Oh, so the anthology? And which is super, super rad. And for a kid, you know, the troll is super unnerving and there's some imagery in that. Even like the rain boots behind the curtain and the James Woods like living room scene and, you know, the oh, cigarettes yeah. jammed in the mouth and we had cats and loved cats and they were like electrocuting the cat with like the fence and the... Anyway, so there was... Um, <laughs> it was it, it was sort of a <laughs> cat's eye, cat's eye advertisement. Um... I I definitely fell into the schlockier and was attracted to the schlockier um, entryway horror, you know, that was mm-hmm. that skewed more ridiculous, more comedy horror, ghoulies, sleepwalkers, um, like you know, Dream Master, Dream Warriors. Oh, sure. um, uh, you know, my sister. I remember 
her taking me in her like Volkswagen rabbit to see on a whim, Jason goes to hell and me being so, so excited, loving all the child's play movies. And so my, my intro to it was just, it was the, they were almost like, they were almost like live action cartoons with the ridiculousness of them. I always refer to like Freddy Krueger as kind of like a, you know, it was a cartoon character to me. And, um, and then too, being part of the VHS generation, like walking into Blockbuster, walking into the local, you know, VHS place, those poppy punchy images, those covers were so enticing and alluring and just fun to look at. And so yeah. being a part of that, when I think of horror, I think of, um, I think of my, <laughs> my childhood, just that, that fun, nostalgia, colorful, interesting, um, rewatchable, just ride ride film you know like stuff that just feels like kind of a schlocky turn your brain off ride which is what you know what i want to do with scare me i wanted to make something at least rewatchable in its ridiculousness sure. you know i mean i feel like you definitely nailed that with scare me especially and it and it's funny where i think about scare me because I, I you know us like we decipher every fucking ounce of horror and right like direct we've I had directors reach out to us like shit i didn't even get that from this movie and i made it and it's just like (laughs) it's like so when i even watch scare me like i think it is so fascinating and so well done and my wife actually walked in on me once watching it and like she sat around for she didn't watch the whole thing but she sat around for i think the last like 45 minutes of it and she was just like wait why is it anything being shown? And I'm just like, I, that's the point. Like, <laughs> that's the point. And I had the opportunity to review it. And when I was, I, I think, I think that's when she walked in on me. And um, she was like, "So is it not finished?" Or I was like, "No, it's finished." She was like, "What? It ends that way?" She was like, "I, I need another. I need a number two. No monsters or dismemberment, right?" Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what she was. She was like thinking about when it came to scare me and i was just like that is fucking genius like it, the the fact that you did this as pretty much a play right and yeah. it, it is so well done in its own right and i i was thinking about it as a playbill and was just like fuck i would fucking love to see this at like um broadway or something like that like i feel like this would be so fun to see live and i mean chris red and and um aya cats like fucking nailed it first of all with that casting like jesus christ but um it's interesting like when you when you say like you're into like the more slockier films and things like that that really does come out uh, when you're having a lot of fun inside of scare me and you can just tell you have so much fun with that film and it's actually some deep ass messages within that film too where you're just like like damn it's actually some sad shit going on in like the back <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you think yeah. about it it's so sad but um it's so it's so cool that like you get a little bit of more of that i guess grittiness behind comedy and with horror like when you guys were making fun of uh the crypt keeper and just copy of the crypt keeper it's, it's so it's so well done and it's so funny because it's like yeah i never took crypt keeper that serious and it's just like it's it's so fun to kind of see that kind of displayed on a modern screen and i think that it's just so well done it wasn't like i i had some friends who in the fucking critic world you know as critics mm-hmm. and they they were kind of like bagging on it a little bit and i was just like okay not just digging up for, for for Josh because he's my friend, but 
I don't think you understand what he was fucking trying to do here. Like, mm. <laughs> I don't think you get it. Like, this is this is like sub and like it's, some people may even say like, "All right, Prince, calm yourself." But like, I <laughs> take this into regards of when you you see like The Shining, and mm-hmm. when you see The Shining, we see Jack, and when you're having that moment when you first go into the cabin that is the first thing that pops into my head is the shining and then all of a sudden you do that little bit of the shining when you're taking the drink from your beer and i was just like oh shit we're on the same wavelength i, I get this like, <laughs> like i get this oh shit oh take your take your medicine mr torrance but yeah that's it's the kind like, of thing about the, this these films are you know like i find the, the 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 kinds of movies that I loved as a kid that that are that I'm calling schlocky like my entryway horror, they they're kind of like almost like quote unquote for everyone and yeah. you know because you know you're walking oh I'm walking into a horror movie like the stuff or the fog or the thing or other movies that don't start with the the or anything Freddy Krueger <laughs> like I know I'm gonna get my dismemberment a little bit of sort of some body horror in there yeah body horror comedic elements practical effects and i think you know it's i think it's uh it's it's a cool age we're in where where films are polarizing you know i'm not at all comparing myself to to ari aster but like i love the fact that a movie like midsommar um exists and that it is and um it explores what it does in in the, the realest way and there are clearly going to be and he, he's very open about it same with hereditary there are people who watch these films and are just like what the fuck did i just watch and he also <laughs> hates the term elevated or premium horror you know right. it's 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 a you're you're making a film for yourself um and uh so it's it it's been it's been exciting in a way to look at the polarization like i go on letterbox and some of them are like half star what the fuck is this garbage i want my blood and dismemberment from the horror community and then it's also holy shit this is something fresh and new and you right. know they actually this is actually three people in a house you know yeah. um and so it's <clears throat> it's cool to it's cool to just see the i'd rather be flat in the middle um uh uh pulled in both directions from pull mm-hmm. from the polarizing side rather than one side saying this is the most perfect or this is the most hated film because inevitably you know there's 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 an imposter in the midst you know right right at least for me uh scare me is one of i'm not saying that because you're here obviously but scare (laughs) me i am i am scare me is is literally one of my favorite films that came out last year and i think it's because it's not shot traditionally and i feel like that's the thing that took a lot of people's I guess, concentration on it. But it's also very traditional in the way it's formulated and how there's a lot of, you know, callbacks, there's a lot of references, a lot of Easter eggs. There's stuff for horror fans to love about this movie because you have it as an anthology, just a little bit of different storytelling for each story, and it works Mm. so well. And I have to say, this movie is very much a actor's showcase. You absolutely kill it. Aya Cash kills it. Red mm-hmm. kills it. The whole entire cast and crew absolutely kills it because the sound mixing is fantastic. And I think that was like the main reason why you wanted to have that storytelling being told. It's kind of like, look how awesome this storytelling can be just by using mm-hmm. sound. We don't need the special effects. We don't need the big budget. Mm-hmm. This is how campfire stories are being told but here's a little Mm -hmm. twist and as well as the editing there's a lot of secrets in there and i think we talked about it the last time we had you on is like oh when she's talking about the poison 
I see the, the poison shadow symbol pop up on the curtain. So I was like, oh, I didn't see that the first time I watched this movie. Fucking that's really Janice. cool. She and <laughs> that's the thing you talked about. It's like, I want to make a movie that's rewatchable. This movie is absolutely rewatchable because you pick something out each time and it's very flawless in my eyes. And of oh, course, I'm not saying you. that that because you're here, obviously. But you. no, you generally made a really good movie. Uh, I, I took a lot out of it. And kind of like what Prince was saying, there's a lot of different layers to it. And it talks about a very needed subject to be talked about. And it's done in such a way where it's like you're not hammering over people's heads and having the viewer like, look, this is what I really want to talk about. It's like, no, this is also including this important message. People should listen to it and talk about gender dynamics and have that conversation. Totally. And yeah, it is a sad story in between, but at the same time, it's very entertaining to watch. So it's a fun film. Mm. Right. And and it's, it's interesting too, that you get those aspects of like comedic beat, comedic right. beat storytelling. And then you're just like, Oh shit, but there's still real shit going on. Mm-hmm. And that's life. Like, it's just, that was the beauty behind it. It's just like, this is life. Like mm-hmm. literally we're just watching life right now. <laughs> and it's fantastic. And I even, um, I had to pull, go to Twitter really quick to pull up my uh, my top fifteen of horror films of twenty twenty because I I forgot where I placed this uh, place scare me I placed it number three like whoa literally oh, yeah. right after Possessor whoa yeah scare what was your me number was, one number one was Come True for me I haven't seen Come yeah, True same. so Come True is technically not out yet should be out this month which we're recording this in advance everybody but uh this should be out in march um mm-hmm. and i it, it come true is fucking bananas it's um it's uh uh anthony scott and he it's a pilot priest if you if you guys want to go with that name too but it's anthony scott burns um but he made something that is and I think that's why I chose those top three actually because mm. each one of those are some is something that I've never seen before Come true, yeah. pretty much to me is like a reimagination of Nightmare on Film Street, which is fucking bananas. It's a, it's a, it, and like when I say reimagining, I'm literally like complete reimagining. There's no Nancy or anything like that. Like there even is no Freddy Krueger technically, but it just feels like Whoa. this is a adult Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't I'm know. Like, that it, down. It, it, yeah, come true, come true is fucking bananas. And then Possessor. I've never seen mm. anything quite like that before. Yeah, yeah. And then scare me. And, and that was why it was, those were my top three, because these are all films that to me did something and took a challenge to say, okay, well let's go ahead and break the barrier a little bit here. And, and honestly, and I, this probably wasn't even in your thought process when you created scare me, where you were just like, I want to make this super elevated horror movie. Like that, that probably wasn't <laughs> what you're trying to do, but it, it, it definitely came off as something very unique and beautiful and different, um, which goes on to my next question. Um, what initially sparked the idea of Scare Me? Uh, I, I, yeah, I always answer this probably the same way. And I think, I think it wasn't necessarily one specific spark. It was sort of a confluence of things. It was the, sure. the existential situation I was in where I was like, Directing commercials and, you know, the paycheck to paycheck thing, which is, it's wonderful when you can get that thing. But when you do get it, you're spending two weeks on like a toilet paper commercial or an advertisement where like executives Mm -hmm. are telling me as someone who 
you know, I, I'm not Jim Carrey, but I came up in the college humor world and, you know, they're like, right. well, I don't, I don't think it would be funny if you did X. And I'm like, oh, but I have comedy in my bones like <laughs> arguing, um, you know, arguing. Uh, it's like the only thing I know, arguing, you know, comedic timing with a um, 23 year old producer at, um, you know, Saatchi. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to rather I knew that no one was going to spoon feed me. And I tell this to actors, I tell this to filmmakers, like it's the moment when you make your thing or when you make some bold decision, like all my old actor buddies who moved from New York, from Ben Schwartz to Thomas Middleditch to Rosa Salazar that were sort of hitting an end to life made a bold decision. I'm going to go to LA, you know, like on a grander scale, Steve jobs, I'm going to fucking make a computer in my garage. Mm -hmm. Um, at some point you have to go, I'm going to take this big risk and I'm going to make this thing. And I realized that no one was going to spoon feed me to like, you know, give me the opportunity not only to be in a movie that, that stunk of me. And that also did what, what, um, something that I feel very strongly in, which is bringing in an actor, uh, an actress that gets to do something where they didn't have ever have an opportunity to sort of do before which was an, an initiative that I did try and do at, at College Humor. We made a lot of sketches about boobs and beer and video games. And I would meet all these incredible comedians, these incredible women, older women too, would come in and, and, you know, you're giving these like girls who typically come in to do swimsuit model stuff, but they get to come in and like wear ugly teeth and do slapstick. And it was like, it just sparked something up in my brain Everyone is more talented, has a lot more going on typically than, you know, their archetypal, you know, puzzle piece society is sort of told them what to do. Anyway, that's a bigger conversation. Yeah. But I was really excited about making creating a vehicle for actors where they could do shit you haven't seen them before, from myself to Aya to Chris Redd to Becky Drysdale. And right. um so anyway, I, I set out to make something after reading Like Brothers, Mark Duplass and Jay Duplass's book, mm. which is fucking awesome. It kicked my ass into gear after reading that. I was just kind of like, I'm going to make Shout a thing. Shout out to the Duplasses, man. Dude, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like right to, your, right to your resources. And so I knew Absolutely. I had my hometown, my mom and dad's house with a couple of extra bedrooms. They'd be willing to cook and host a dinner or two. Um, I knew people from town. I could I could gather, you know, kind of buddies together to come help this thing. And, um, and you know, I wrote to my resources, a cabin. I knew Aya through her husband for many years, asking her directly to do that, like Chris through my manager. And it just kind of like it came to be because, um, you know, I was I, I knew no one was going to spoon feed me. I took money out of my 401k and I just I just like made the thing because at some point you, you realize like the phone ain't going to ring itself. You know, yeah. you, you got to ring the phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I know. Long, long story longer. I just. I, uh, I made a thing cause I was fed up. And then, you know, the, the reason why, you know, we're talking about the other stuff, the subtext, the, 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 um, you know, the me too of it all, there was an urgency and you have to have urgency writing, writing anything as a novelist, as a screenwriter, as, you know, as a film reviewer, there has to be an urgency to, or a theme to that thing that, that you see that you latch onto or else you're, it just kind of feels like, why am I making this thing? It feels like right. a movie that you see and you completely forget about. Um, and there was an urgency to scare me. And I think it's why it hit. I wrote angry, you know, I yeah. wrote mm -hmm. angry about the state of the world. I was angry about Weinstein who produced some of my most favorite fucking movies of all time. And Kevin Spacey and Dustin Hoffman, even though it was yeah. like a little more distilled and Aziz Ansari and 
Louis C.K. It's like, what the fuck is going on with all these yeah, like, like what the fuck is comedic entertainment yeah. heroes? And I wrote, I wrote angry without making a Me Too movie. I was like, the urgency here is women are often taken advantage of, and a lot of men, especially white American mid thirties dudes, are fractured and emasculated in the face of a woman's greatness. And I was like, I want to write that shit. You know, I want to, yeah. I want to make this icky for my, for my dudes. You know, the dudes <laughs> in my circle who are like, ooh, I actually kind of get that. I get what right. that feeling is. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. That yeah. that is beautiful, and I love that a culmination of all of that because that shit is serious, dude. Like it just it yeah. makes you think, like, okay, what is what is the type of stuff that we see on a day to day basis? And like right now, I'm doing this thing on Twitter for uh, Black History of Horror. Um, like I said, everybody, we're recording this in February, but um, with <laughs> that, it's that whole a culmination of just like this is the type of shit that gets like buried under the weeds a little bit and that's why i held scare me such in a high regard and how like it definitely takes that whole mis- misogynistic bullshit and it seems like it's about to go there and you're just like fuck mm-hmm. that get this shit out of the window mm-hmm. like it's just, mm-hmm. it is so well done in that respect and regard when it comes to the opposite sex and i think that is perfect and the fact that you got White dude, a chick, and a black dude. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in, dude. Let's do this. Like, let's do <laughs> yeah. this. Like, and nobody, well, I can't, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything because we will be covering Scare Me um, as well. So I, I'll, I'll wait until that episode comes out. But yes, it, it's just, oh, fuck. I, I hold that film in such a high regard for me, especially of how, like, it was just molded and created and, just kind of flipped over upside down, just fucking amazingness. Like I, no, I truly you. do high that um, hold that in high regard. But um, I do want to know, like, what what were like the main um, sector of the influences behind? Um, I guess the skits within Scare Me. Like I, I know we 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 talk about werewolves. You got little tidbits of like Jaws in there, and I'm I'm over there. I'm the fucking ghost, just like Jaws, The Shining. You know, I'm trying, trying to like point every single reference out in my head, like Tales of the Crypt. So like, what 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 are those uh uh those influences that kind of went into Scare Me? Um, I actually have a notes doc right here that's inspo and rest because sometimes I forget. Sure. Um, and because there's there's some stuff that's sort of like spiritual that's right. sort of like mm. in, in, in my bones, you know what I mean? Like, for example, um, this is really obscure and only a few film people. I think you guys are going to get this. But like something that's been in my bones since I was a kid, since I saw uh, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is yes. Chevy Chase's breakdown monologue when he's like, you dumb suck of monkey shit, lion <laughs> son of a bitch he is. And and because I saw I've seen that movie six hundred times, when I w- the first time I see the werewolf and Fanny yeah. encourages Fred to go, what is it? And say like, it's a werewolf. It's a don't don't don't. The inflection, so awesome. if you if you think about it, the inflection is almost exact. It's my memory recall of yeah. Chevy Chase of Chevy Chase's. Incredible. Sackle's no good second. I'm just going, it's a monkey shit werewolf. Um, and the, you know, that you, you, you call them, you call them skits and they basically are, it was, ba- you know, the, 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 the vignettes in the film are essentially how I got the thing done. Most, all of them are, if not a vehicle for mm-hmm. Aya and I to show what we got and Chris to show what we got. They're old ideas. 
you know, mm-hmm. so um, uh, I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, keeping with the references, I mean, Jaws, Misery, Titanic. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why there's a how there's a Titanic reference. I can't. Yeah, I was about to say is. that. It's like where? Uh, I think I think there there must. I can't remember what it was. Labyrinth, Halloween, mm, Silver wow. Bullet, Lovely Bones. Yes. Batman Forever, Howard the Duck, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote movie inspo. To, yeah, Insidious. You know, I, I talked about Insidious, like James Wan's camera work. I talked oh, about that so with, with my cinematographer, with Brendan Banks. It was one of the first movies I remember seeing where, you know, the beginning of that Conjuring world um, – sort of t- dread dreadful tonal work where like you'd film the corner of a ceiling or the mm-hmm. corner of a room. It's very Carpenter-esque, but, and totally. it would just feel so fucking unsettling. And yes. that was something that I wanted to do, you know, when we we're filming the werewolf, you know, lumber up the stairs, like the, the footsteps, the, the empty corners. And, and, and it's the empty corners that, that really like chill me to the bone sleepers, yeah. <laughs> uh the brad pitt dustin hoffman uh with brad pitt and sleepers uh uh jason mm-hmm. patrick movie yeah the edge bad moon poltergeist the shining needful things defending oh. your life um the the comedy uh uh killing of a sacred deer yorgos lanthimos oh, yeah. films yes. like dog tooth Nightmare on Elm Street, Cat's Eye, Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn, and Christmas Vacation. So that's this first- is a beautiful love letter to just film everything and horror and comedy. <laughs> I, I mean, and everything talk about molded. the schlock, you know? It really it's is amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Holy and shit. Honestly, shout out to Brendan Banks. He did an incredible job with the camera work. Incredible. It's so incredible. good. Dude, like every who, time. Who's your sound uh, designer, too? What's that? I, uh, sorry, I, uh, yeah. Who's your sound? Sorry to cut you off, Freddie. I, I, but who was your sound designer too? Uh, the sound, the sound designer in this designer, fucking movie is bananas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's there was our our sound. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to recall what this the specific um, the specific titles are. So there's Ian Stein is a great city post who mixed. He was our mixer, so he mixed the film, mm. and he's phenomenal. And John John Moros was who I worked with first, and he worked on. Um, I think it's uh, Black Summer. It's a Netflix zombie series. Um, I think that's what it's called. And he, he also did like some Foley work for for um, I'm sorry, Hereditary. And so John Moros, um, he and I worked together first to kind of find all the all the sounds, the footsteps, the timber and timbre and tones of everything. And that's where I really got specific because it's a sound designer's movie, just like it's a composer's movie. Um, that the sound design is everything you can't caught. You can't get caught um, uh, thinking about the sound. They have to feel sort of real world. Even the werewolf sounds, they have to have to be real animal sounds incorporated within that. That's to really sound like there's someone walking upstairs when yeah. you're alone in this place. So anyway, John Moros, phenomenal, and Ian Steinus. So John Moros was our uh, sound designer, and uh, Ian Steinus was our mixer. He sort of you know made it all work together. That's incredible. And Brendan wow. is phenomenal. Brendan is our cinematographer. Not only the most prepared, willing to get the most prepared with me months in advance of even knowing our location, but he's a he's a producer on the film. I mean, we couldn't mm-hmm. have done this. We, we didn't have a post-producer. I mean, Brendan was essentially our post-producer. He was getting B-roll that, you know, we forgot to get, didn't get. He was, you know, helping on the tech side. He's trying to get our four, 4K version up with iTunes. Um, working yeah. with RLJ on that. I mean, he's he's phenomenal, you, you know, and that's what you need. You need a collaborator who's going to get in the trenches with you and get their hands dirty on every, you know, at every corner. 
Yeah, I'm so proud of like your entire cast and crew. To be honest, it it's Me really too. beautiful to see, and especially seeing that background of like what you were saying. It's like you guys put everything into it. You guys took the initiative. You guys made something happen. Like you said, you weren't spoon fed from anyone. You didn't take the opportunity from anyone. You guys just did the work and got it done. And that's Fuck yeah, very powerful. Dude. And that's a good we message were, we were for people. Yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest message of all is you know the reason why I was able to do it with this tiny crew on this tiny ass budget is respect knowing right. everybody's name being nice to everybody this is like total this is a total fucking vanity project it is this, and and just by nature the fact that you know this is something that this is all me you're right. coming out here understaffed you know getting shocked by wires in the rain tending a house totally undermanned you know so you got to treat people well feed them well caffeinate them you know learn people's names and shake hands and don't be a dick you know got to be a exactly. good leader and and not just for your crew but for your for your actors as well whatever whatever they need and that was uh it was a wonderful experience i tell people you know i brandon probably had the worst time on this film because he was the only guy who actually had a four-wheel car four-wheel drive car so he was he'd finished a day and then he'd have to like help get us out of the driveway of this like <laughs> this cabin right, on this yeah. treacherous driveway but you know, I had people ask me like, man, that must have been so hard for you. You know, that shoot 14 days and, um, you know, 90 pages in 14 days. And you had your actress for nine and Chris for two. And I was like, I had the time in my life. I, there was no stress relating to this film or the experience of it at all. I, I'm totally privileged. And I think it translated really well in the screen. That It looks like you guys are having a lot of fun making this film. And I think that's important as yeah. well. And I feel like that's really good to see for indie filmmakers who want to make a movie and try to make something of their own, or even like any type of field work of seeing like, yes, if I do the work, I can make my dream happen. And you guys did a great job at it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I hope so. Yeah, I completely agree. I honestly couldn't say it better than myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely couldn't say better than myself. What would you say are your favorite like horror films? Like I, I know you mm. went over like your inspirations and things like that, but mm-hmm. what would you say are your favorite horror <clears throat> films that kind of like, uh, like I guess, accumulated to you even wanting to get into like screenwriting and, and directing and all that stuff? The films that, that kind of wanted me to get into, into screenwriting and making stuff, I think, I think um, Sam Raimi and Carpenter were, were absolutely huge. Um, You know, uh, adjacent to the films, I think, you know, I know it's, it's not a film proper, but the tales from the crypt, that whole series, I mean, what's the Mechas and and Richard Donner did producing that fucking show, like an anthology show hosted by a puppet featuring some of your favorite actors from, from Jeffrey Tambor and prosthetics to, Joe Pesci getting sawed in half by two sexy twins to like werewolf and vampire fights. I mean, like that, I think encouraged, I think, I think got under my skin in the best way possible. Um, you know, uh, on the, on the flip side of it. Um, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You know, I mean, God, just like inspiring tectonic films, like anything Karin Kusama does, The Invitation, I think is incredible. Let the Right One In, the original 
Fuck yeah. um, absolutely floors me every time autopsy of Jane Doe. I mean, mm. these are all more recent films, but like they just, those are the ones where I'm just like, holy shit, you know, um, absolutely. that kind of keep me going. But I think maybe one of the most formative was, you know, Freddy Krueger, the original nightmare on Elm street and, uh, Freddy's, uh, uh, sorry, new nightmare, like a meta film where mm-hmm. the actors are playing themselves in their real life and sort of upending those expectations. Fucking love. Really? <laughs> I mean, just like absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And you know, there's classics that get me into it from the onset. I think, you know, jaws, I think that set me, you know, on the, on the course to just like want to feel something when I'm making something, when I'm watching something. And then also just being like fucking terrified of the ripples in the water, you know, how absolutely. incredible is that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing about like I feel like with horror in general that just makes this whole I guess concept of being a horror fan just even more even that much more incredible because you do get that that whole aspect of I guess being able to watch a horror film Mm-hmm. And that takeaway of either the scare or the meta behind it, and because I'm a huge fan of meta horror, I've always loved it, and I've always thought it was just so interesting yeah. to know what you're making and letting the audience know you know what you're making. I just find that so fucking cool. Yeah, I love it. I, I I'll, I'll never really get tired of a, a meta take. If, yeah. if I, I think it's just always the it's always the great kind of go to. Yeah, at least yeah. for me, one of my favorite movies of all time is Cabin in the Woods because I feel like it hits oh, every single yes. mile. And I'm like, uh, and yeah, I gotta right. say, it, it reminds me of your movie a lot too. I'm just like, these are just fantastic movies. What a ride! I mean, what it's a, so it is. good. It, it, it's just such a ride. I mean, like to open with these brilliant actors in this completely, you know, when when you sort of go, holy shit, that holy shit moment of oh. Right. This is good. This is about to be controlled, you know, and, and they're the puppeteers. And then the ending, you know, from the unicorn to the werewolf to, you know, the Cthulhu. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like oh, out, man. Out, out of out of control, out of control. I'm, yeah, I'm amazed by it. You know, I think I, I'm just I'm, I'm floored by the whole community and everything that's happening in the field and thrilled to do anything in it, you know. Right. And I'm excited that you're amazed by it because I feel like your film is pretty on par with that movie to be honest in my books because you do almost the same type of thing you bring all these characters into a cabin in the woods right and it's a very (laughs) contained movie and it has that enjoyable construct of this has a lot of horror tropes but it's not told in the traditional way which also Mm. knows it so you did a good job oh thank you we had about 30 million dollars less uh to work with but you know i mean i i had a good time i'll take it with them having the visuals that they had, you guys had the sound design and cinematography to tell the story the right way in the unique way that you guys did. So, absolutely, you guys are good yeah. on that. You worked very well with the budget that you had. Hundred percent. Like you can't yeah. like you you just even don't even think about the budget when you watch Scare Me for sure. And I think can that I do just some so myth incredible. busting for any filmmaker out there? I haven't made one dime on this film. Not one Whoa. dime. I had to. I have. I had to pay myself. Oh, wow. Essentially, because I put some money into it, I had to pay myself as an actor. SAG wouldn't let you, you know, skirt your way around it. So you're, right. you know, low budget scale, whatever that is. And then I had to defer my writing and directing fees because, you know, every cent had to go, um, every cent had to go on screen. And then, you know, the 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 hard the hard reality of of filmmaking, and I I, I do feel hopeful for our film is that you know. The lower the budget, the better, because theoretically, when you know you, you get picked up for distribution, your film gets bought, or there's what's called an MG, you know, a licensing fee essentially to take your movie out. 
mm-hmm. like Shutter did for ours, it doesn't hit the budget. You know, where we're still in the red, and so the mm-hmm. hope the hope is that we can recoup on the kind of iTunes side, which is why I've been podcasting mm-hmm. my ass off. You know, right. doing every interview I can, making myself as accessible I can. Just like, that's a it's a great lesson I think from. Jim Cummings too. I mean, that dude's right. just like, I'll talk to anyone. I'll make myself super accessible. I love yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. Dude, there, <laughs> there you go. You go. <laughs> so I mean, and I talked to him before, before I made, I made scare me and, you know, he had some great advice just for directing and acting and, you know, porn double duty and, uh, and, you know, and also just for the, from the marketing side, um, there's a piece of why I did the screenplay too, is beyond anything else. It's like, mm. I'm not in it to make money on the screenplay. Although it'd be cool to recoup for printing it. It's branding. It's like, Hey, some, someone might look on your shelf and say, what is that? And say, Oh, you got to check this movie out, you know? Right. Um, and why I'm trying to stay, you know, humble and, you know, be the, just the, the dude I always was, and, you know, the awkward chubby kid in the sweatpants <laughs> in high school, um, as nice and you know, kind of off the beaten path as I can just to kind of stay accessible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's so fucking incredible. <laughs> oh man. Now you did have a little bit of an announcement a few months back, my friend, and you had that announcement with a new film that you will be directing called Werewolves Within. Is yeah. there anything that you can share more about that information? Congratulations first yeah. and foremost, but is there anything else that you can share? Yeah. Um, well, by the time this episode drops, so as you're yeah. listening right now, you're about to hear what we're all about to learn for the first time, or at least oh, Friday fuck. Prince, is that um, uh, we are picked up by IFC for distribution, which oh, is super shit. rad. Hell so yeah. the Congratulations. Same, dude, I mean, the same, uh, the same distribution company that, you know, picked up like, was it Parasite and the right. Babadook is also, yeah. um, you know, also – believes in werewolves within and the, the amazing thing about ifc is they're they made it very clear they're fans first of our incredible film um right. yeah. and uh so it's it's yeah it's an incredible uh i keep saying incredible what it really is it was uh the whole thing about it was just epic you know i when scare me was at sundance um i only was able to go to one screening which is the friday night midnight screening of the egyptian because monday mm-hmm. I had to be back in Fleischman's New York to tech for Werewolves Within. So oh, wow. I had that mm. crazy position of like going to Sundance for my first movie and like having to leave because number two is, was, was second right up there. So I'm right probably never after Werewolves, I'm probably never working again. Cause once you do that, it's like, okay, well that's, you know, that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a horror comedy ensemble whodunit. Um, Fuck you know, the, the closest yes. comp is like, you know, a uh, spooky ready or not, um, or ready or not was kind of spooky, but like a spooky knives out sort of a vibe. Sam Richardson sure. is our hero. He's phenomenal. Hell yeah. Kayla Watkins, Michael Chernus, Cheyenne Jackson, Harvey Guillen, the cast goes on and on. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. Oh I'm so, God. I'm so, I can't wait. So excited. Yeah. I can't wait. cast is great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, the, the cast so is bananas. Oh I, yeah. I, yeah. Milano Vaintrub. I mean, yeah. And you're gonna see a lot of these actors do stuff that you just haven't seen them do before, which is just it's what thrills me, man, you know, as a filmmaker and as a performer. You know, right. showcase. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's it it's this is really exciting. 
It really this is. is very, very exciting. And I'm I'm so excited for you. I cannot wait to check this fucking movie out. Thank you, man. Like, oh yeah, my gosh. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to check this out. I wish you could share more, but I know you can't. But I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know you got to keep <laughs> things under wraps. So I'm, I'm going to leave the conversation at that. Congratulations. Congrats. I, I'm super stoked on that. Um, but let's jump a little bit more into, I guess, your, I guess, your fascination with horror. Do you have any horror films where you consider like, Nah, fuck that. I want to watch that kind of kind of horror film. Like, are there any like particular movies? Like, I don't know, uh, could be spanning from torture porn or whatever or anything like that. Sure. Yeah, I, I um, I've seen just about every Saw movie, and you know, sure. I, 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 I definitely did the like all day marathon back in the day, and I'm I'll totally check out Spiral. I think if you can, yeah. you can uh. uh rejuvenate that franchise with a new story with actors of that caliber, Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. Fuck. Absolutely. Yes. Dude, I just absolutely incredible. So I'm, I'm thrilled for that. Um, but you know, I just, yeah, I, I, I'm not great with body horror. Like I, I still haven't brought myself around to see like early Cronenberg. I've seen the fly, but probably mm. way too early. Sure. Um, but there's just some body horror stuff. Like I did, I did love as a kid, uh, Nightbreed, and this probably speaks to my morbid everything. But it was still a rough film. It's still rough. It's rough to go back and look at, you know, the 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 qualities of these creatures and of these monsters. Mm-hmm. Which is the beautiful thing about the monsters living in Midian and behind the gates, and they're sort of you know it's the 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 allegories there about you know, being an outsider and disfigurement and ugliness and love and, you know, community and the whole, you know, kind of finding others like you and finding your tribe kind of a thing. I love that film. But um, mm-hmm. I think when you take it into true torture territory, like um, I haven't seen Green Inferno, I probably never will be able to, or Human uh, Centipede, I'll sure. probably never be able to. Um, there's just, sure. there's a point where I, I it just isn't enjoyable for me. And my, again, my gateway into this whole thing was it pretty much began and ended with, you know, uh, punchy Stephen King book covers and um, VHS tapes were, you know, images like from monkey shines that still freak me out. And mm. like Freddy Krueger's mm-hmm. shiny claws and electricity flying from the dream master's fingers yeah. enticed me more than, you know, than cannibalism um, or being stitched to another's, you know, you know, butthole or, you know, butthole. Um, <laughs> so, you know, being stitched in the butthole. Uh, yeah, the buttocks. Um, so, yeah, that's probably where that's probably where I draw the line. I like to I like to, to, to laugh a bit, you know, um, but uh, to see someone like truly an excruciating terror with no relief, you know, it's right. It's, it's always yeah, always that, rough. That's- yeah, that's 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 definitely a, a rough one, and I know I know some people who are very much enjoy torture porn and gore and, and yeah. so on and so forth. And I don't mind gore, and I don't mind torture. Torture doesn't bother me. It's not my first mm-hmm. genre I jump to, but it's um it's interesting because it's like I was talking to someone who was recently who was just like, man, I really want to watch a fucked up movie. And I was like, have you seen Society? And he's mm-hmm. like, Society. Oh, dude. I'm like, yeah, dude, Society. And he's like. No, I've never even heard of that. I was like, yeah, it starts totally like a fucking John Candy film and yep. Yep. doesn't end like one. It's like a Cronenberg. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 the first time I saw images from Society were recent. I think it was the, the Shutter documentary about the 80s films. And oh, sure. yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, four yeah. hours and it's fucking yeah. awesome. That's an um, awesome documentary. Part two comes dude, out soon. 
Yeah. Yes. I, I and I, I devoured it when I saw images from society. Like that's the shit I can't do. Like yeah. I, you know, that's fair. I, 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 it's, that's fair. It, it's a little too far. I can I can watch it the one time I probably did see society when I was like seven years old. And was like okay, and didn't understand <laughs> how gross. But you have to like fracture your ankle and like hold back people's hair from barfing and see like true wounds in your life, which I have to sort of turn you off to that um, right. <laughs> that uh, practical effects horror level. Yeah. But I appreciate people who do, and I, I I love nothing more than practical effects puppetry. You know, the makeup, um, the special effects makeup world is is a world I want to continue playing in. I've got you know ideas to kind of blow blow those um, those talented folks open um, and utilize uh, you know the geniuses of that world. But society that would have fucked me up. That's that a, it's, it's up. a fucking rough movie. It, yeah, it is a yeah. very, very, very rough movie, and because like, it's also incest too. It's like incest yeah, and yeah. body horror, and it's like that's not about it's it. Too, it's a, too it's far. very intense. It's a very intense yeah. movie, but like I mean, th- hey, they were asking for it. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what they <laughs> yeah. were asking for. They were just like, I want to see something fucked up. I was like, oh, I got yeah, something dude. fucked up for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and God bless you too. If like there, there's there's something for everyone, man. You know, oh, yeah. there really is. It's it's you know. The wonderful thing about the community is like you can you can find something for fucking everybody. That is true. Like there, there's a little bit of something for every single horror fan, or even not. Like I mean, if you're if you're not really into horror, I would I would definitely say like totally like scale around the the comedy horror sector a little bit. I mean, you got if you like Shaun of the Dead, Cabinet, yeah, Blood, yeah, it's, right, it's a whole right. bunch of shit that's out there for you. Like it's it's not just for one group of people. A little just, David Robert right. Mitchell, a little subversive, exactly. Uh, STD transfer, you know, right. supernatural vibe. <laughs> There's a little bit of everything for someone, whatever the yeah. fuck you're into. Yeah, I think, I think right. that's the beautiful thing about horror movies is it crosses a lot of genres. And I think we see that a lot too last year too with like a freaky, uh, like all of the stuff he's done actually with like Happy Death Day, with comedies. There's a lot of introductory horror movies, I feel like. And I love yeah. that. It's yeah, a very, me too. It's a very me welcoming too. community for sure. I gotta say, I really I saw recently. Uh, I loved, I loved, um, I loved, I loved Freaky, and um, I was God. There was another one on the tip of my tongue, but uh, it chapter two, which is about, yeah. about forty five minutes too long. True. But what he did with it and it chapter two, I mean the imagery in that, the fucking oh, effects, right like oh, yeah. Paul Bu- Paul Bunyan chasing after Finn Wolfhard, fucking amazing, like so like great. Uh, with, with with sharp teeth and like the head with the spider legs, like an homage to Carpenter and the, you know the, was it Rick Baker? I mean, I just I thought that like that's the world I want to play. In. Oh, scary stories to tell in the dark. That's the same director as fucking Autopsy of Jane Doe. for the first time last year, and it's one of the favorite movies I will ever like have It's witnessed. in my top ten for, for sure. sure. Yeah. One location, two brilliant actors, um, practical effects, uh, uh tonally dreadful. Mm. You know, it's wonderful, wonderful ending. Yeah. yeah. It's it's absolutely incredible. And I I'm a huge fan over doll fan in general. And, and it, yeah. it's fun to see like where they start and where they are. And that's why like, I'm super stoked for you. Cause like, it's just like, I, I'm really excited yeah. to see like that whole, like where they started, what was that film that they kind of started off with and so on and so forth. And it's quite amazing, but I got, I got to ask, now this is a question we ask literally all of our guests. Every single guest gets this exact same question. And it's our pinnacle question that we even uh-huh. ask ourselves. Why horror? Like, what is it about this genre that just constantly keeps you coming back? 
Why uh, horror? There's um, there's kind of a no money fun piece of horror that that reminds me of campfire stories. You know, yeah, coming back to the whole scare me kind of concept, um, or or campfire jokes. It's it's the same vibe. It's like why why comedy and horror are sort of adjacent. It's like you're getting an endorphin buzz. You're getting a you're you're going for a ride for little or no money. So whether you're telling scary stories around the fire or in your house, you know, with your buddies, or you're telling jokes, like anybody got a joke? It's often anybody <laughs> got a joke or anybody got a scary story because it's um it it gets that in that that endorphin ride out of, um, you know, out of you, out of, out of your DNA. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, a quick way to, to escape and, um, and, uh, I don't feel, feel something, feel alive, you know, laughter make, makes you feel good getting a good scare only to realize that we're all okay. We're in the movie theater, you know, everybody's, everything's copacetic. Um, and also too, I mean, just from a <clears throat> catharsis level from a yeah. society level, like, scare me was so just from a personal standpoint so fucking cathartic to play one of the slimy dudes that scare me um Mm. and also to play into my vulnerabilities like my vulnerabilities that i've felt in my gut those weird awkward feelings about competition in my life um or darker feelings that i've had how cathartic was it to bring all my buddies together and filmmakers who i admire together and fucking aya cash and Chris Red from Saturday okay. Night Live right. to like kind of act that out or play that out. It's, it was, it's therapeutic. And so I think just from a societal level, if you have something to say, um, it, it can it can really, um, you know, it can it can force others to look in the mirror, I think, in the most productive way if done super well. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, um, you know. I don't know. It's why why I love it. It's a ride, and it's uh, it's uh, it often has something to say in in the yeah. best way while making you feel something. So absolutely. And Freddie, you said something recently. You said something that about the horror genre that I was super proud of. But you said that horror has become your favorite genre. Now, I I've, I, I wanted mm. to get you in one of these interviews, Freddie, because I actually wanted to ask you that question. How did that yeah. happen? Like, okay. was it me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where horror has so much great storytelling, and I feel like, at least for me, it becomes a little bit more personal because I start thinking about my own personal life and the conflicts I have to go through, and you start to relate to these characters, and although the conflict is not the same, they find a way to fight back or overcome it. Uh, most horror films have that in there, and like movies like Scare Me and other movies have like deeper layers to it and have symbolism to it so like another favorite movie of mine of last year was relic which i ended up loving because it really puts a visual to what they're trying to talk about absolutely and movies like that just kind of affects me on the deeper level than other movies because we see dramas we see action movies uh, and they're pretty straightforward they know what they're telling with the story that they're putting on the screen but with horror movies they make it more symbolic um, another movie that did such a good job with that because they were talking about like trauma and how you deal with it was The Blazing World, which I saw at Sundance. Yes. And that will continue to stay in my head. And I still think about it almost daily. It's like, that's, that's a really awesome. cool way to see how she is thinking about her own mentality and how to get past 
essentially, well, I'm, I'll keep it spoiler free. Um, going past what's troubling her in her head and how she's going through it in her journey, going into this ultimate, like alternate uh, dimension and seeing how mm. everything's told. And it's really beautiful to look at, even though it's horrifying, you understand what it's symbolizing. And I yeah. feel like horror does a, such a great job with that. And I think it's the only genre that does that so perfectly. That's beautifully put. Yeah. So that, that it reminds me of a quote I read. I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic, where it's like, why are people turning to horror? Why is horror so <clears throat> sort of therapeutic, I guess? Right. Yeah. Um, and and, a, and, a, and a, a piece of it was, I thought this was so wonderful, is because against all odds, against the darkest odds, there's always an ending. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, too, just touching on something that you said about you know, it reminds me of the, the the plight and the adventure of the underdog. I mean, I think right. Monster Squad mm-hmm. might be one of my oh, absolute yeah. favorites. Monster, Monster Squad, rad. that's every kid in the realest way. That was all of us as kids. That's every kid. Every kid I know is a foul mouth. Um, <laughs> I was a foul mouth. And I also, you know, uh, whatever, love fucking creatures and wanted nothing more to invite Frankenstein in my treehouse, um, oh, yeah. and then Frankenstein didn't exist, so I would just talk to imaginary Frankenstein in my treehouse. But you know, you're you're watching these kids. It's also why I love the Goonies so much, and, and why Stranger mm. Things I think is so popular is like kids can see themselves in these underdog, quote unquote, weakling, um, you know, nerdy, push down, passive kids mm-hmm. take on. Fucking, fucking of monsters right. yeah, and shit. Yeah, take on the, the worst possible darkness. And and there is an ending. There is always right. an ending. And so inevitably you have this kind of catharsis. And that's what's so that's what I, I think was entryway for me and why it just kind of keeps coming back to be my favorite as well. So Freddie, that was that was indeed beautifully put. Well Absolutely, said. Absolutely, yeah. Freddie. But very, that very is very why well it's my favorite genre. Good. Yeah. Good. I'll stand by it. I'm definitely glad because it, it's a genre that I've obviously had so much incredible passion about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. particularly with this with this genre, it's one of the most to, to me still, it's one of the most misunderstood and misrepresented genres. Like when we mm. see a budget like um it and it chapter two, and you're just like, oh fuck. Like, even if you're not a fan of it, it's just like it's awesome to see horror get a budget like that because yeah mm, shit like that like the only Incredible. time you could see something like that would be what when dark castle used to make movies mm. and, oh yeah thankfully they're coming back but like they had those insane budgets like for 13 ghosts that was it such yeah ghost ship ghost ship you're right house on haunted hill like it's twice yeah. fucking splice is a dark castle movie and it's, yeah. it's like 30 million dollars like that's insane that's fucking insane. And to see it in the hands of, of, of filmmakers again and again, capable, capable hands. And you get something so fucking wonderfully imaginative. I mean, again, like scary stories to tell in the dark. I I saw it on an airplane. I saw it in the way you're absolutely not supposed to see it, but practical effects. And you're also feeling something and the music is so killer. Um, we actually, I, I, I hired the, um, the composer of scary stories on a Drubich to compose werewolves within because we were oh, so in fuck. love with it's her so work. good it's just so whimsical and yes. spooky and, and and you know transportive in that way yes um Absolutely. so yes i mean it's it's uh it's it's no garbage you know gutter genre whatsoever i mean definitely it's, not 
we're, we're seeing, uh, I want to say we're seeing a, a resurgence of it. It's always been there, but it's, it's just getting more attention, I think, in the most wonderful way. Deserve it. Right. Yeah, and, and 2020 definitely, I feel like, helped a lot because yes. that was the thing with, with horror. Horror has been VOD style for fucking years. And it's just like, it's, it's, so yeah. it's, this was nothing new for us horror fans. Like, fans of Marvel constantly or, and not, not to bag on Marvel. I, I love yeah. Marvel too. But yeah, me too. Me too. Just like with fans of, of <clears throat> that's their type of movie experience they were just like, what the fuck do we do? Shit. Us horror fans are over here chilling, watching maybe 50 movies that are coming out in a month for us. And it's just like, what? That's insane. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's so saturated in the most wonderful way too. And you, really have, you have people in your court, like the fact that we have like Lee Winnell and now oh, is it, is it, who did Nomadland who's doing the new Dracula? Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, we, uh, uh, Karen Kasama, she's doing the new Dracula. She's doing one, but there's another one that's a Western. The director of Nomadland, she's Asian. Oh. She just got. It's like a. It's gonna be like a West future, futuro oh, Western Dracula. Chloe uh, Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Oh, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Who did Hell Nomadland? Yeah. I mean, you're seeing like. I mean, you're gonna see. You're gonna see some incredible shit. I mean, it ha- we, we're just getting started. It feels like too, you know. 100%. And also, like with Blade, I mean, the first like yes. black female horror writer for Marvel the movie. writer. Oh, so good. And and Herschel is in it. It's, I mean, the, they, we're, we're, we're turning shit around, you know. Anyway, it's so I, I'm, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm getting I'm Candyman soon. I'm like it's just it's <laughs> so much shit. Nia Acosta and Misha Green. It's it, yeah. It's, I can't it's, wait for uh, Candyman. The it world. Is. The world is the world is uh, is turning around. But again, Definitely. I mean, facing down those odds, you know, with your your underdogs, there's nothing right. like it. Another great Absolutely. movie that came out last year that kind of fits the mold is Host, and what oh, Rob Savage did, yeah. and now he has a deal with Blumhouse, and we're going to see three movies <laughs> three. coming out of that. That's three insane. with Blumhouse and one with Sam Raimi that yeah. they had in development. That's before, right. And now they just like fucking you know uh fast tracked it because host was such a hit and those guys are so wonderful Jed the whole cast all of them oh all my of them. God. the writers so no, all of them they're, they're Gemma people. hurley Gemma yeah, hurley's, Gemma hurley's gonna be on the show soon too so yeah we definitely Dude, Gemma's great yeah, i cannot wait to chat with her what a wonderful crew what yeah. a wonderful yeah. crew. i can't wait to see what they're doing next oh my god same he just I said it's gonna be wait. bloodier i'm like all right i'm down let's do it yeah okay let's go let's go for it yeah their shorts are fun and oh my god salt Fantastic. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so much fun. They so gotta make a fun. salt movie. I'm sure there's a salt movie coming. It has to be. It has um, to be. It has to be. Like it's just yeah. oh man. Yeah, I, I I've been such a fan of like where things are kind of like I guess skewing to um especially with like gore because you had like psycho gorman come out, Ugh. which was so much fun. Bonkers. Have you seen I that? Gotta see you... that? I gotta so see that. It's so bonkers. Yeah. It is so much fun. It's from the creators of the void. And it Amazing. is bananas. It is ridiculously Hilarious. balls to the wall, but it's pretty much an adult Power Rangers, I guess. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Like, it's just like, it's just, it, it's incredible. So, it's so whimsical. It's, it's actually really funny, too. And, and it's, does super it make boring. you kind of like, cause it looks like a horror, like suburban commando. Kind um, of. <laughs> or like, yeah, like, like uh, the horror hero coming. It's it's yeah. everything I think I love this life from the Power Rangers movie to Suburban Commander to Mom and Dad Save the right. World, but it's like more and violent and yes, yeah, that's killer. Yes. It, it kind of reminds out. me a lot of, of um, I don't know if you've seen like Turbo Kid. Have you heard of that? 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I've That's heard right. that. Turbo I've Kid's seen, yeah. so much yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> Turbo Kid's so much fun. It's absolutely ridiculous, but that's a lot of fun. I have. But, to, I will check it out. I'm gonna check it out this week. Yeah, I would definitely say check that one out because that that was a that was a fun one to watch for sure. But um, but yeah, damn. I'm actually looking at like. I, since I'm in the studio, I'm looking at the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. We have the whole collection just in our uh, studio as well. So yes, those they're still those awesome. the stories are no joke. I mean, oh, like you're reading so that great. as a seven, eight year old kid about you know the the spider laying an egg inside the girl's face. Jesus, like, oh my the god! Kid who, yeah, there's a story about a kid who who took in what they thought was a dog, and it turned out right. to be something else. Like yeah like a rat that had a disease and it was large and it was, uh, I mean like the, I so love those unsettling. And those love images. those stories so Brilliant. much that uh, if you guys haven't checked out the documentary of like how those stories were like banned in schools and also other stuff, I Whoa. would highly suggest that it's Oh nuts. shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah I saw it on Amazon. The same name, just a documentary. It is so fucking good. So good. Yeah, oh, oh dude, man. But Josh, Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. This has been an absolute blast yeah. of a conversation. You gave us some fantastic my information. Pleasure. My I, pleasure. I absolutely enjoy and adore talking to you, my friend. So we definitely would love to have you on the show again for sure. Let's talk but, about werewolves in the, uh, in the future. Down. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Josh, where can people find you on the internet, my friend? Just at Josh Rubin, R-U-B-E-N, like the Perfect. blades. Just like that but thank you so much once again this has been an absolute pleasure and this was nightlight a horror movie podcast i was one of your hosts prince also known as head knight and alongside me we had freddie always keeping it spoopy always and forever also known as nighty night our efforts to get our show out is not enough we need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights rating us five stars is very helpful but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it you can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnight life that's like with a what okay by pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as, ad, um, as early as Monday and ad-free with a post-show included. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.